You know you've got to sing along. Don't you know? This is the Katniss HR Podcast, hosted by Jason Katniss. Join Jason as he talks to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startups, and HR. If you fall into one of these categories or are just curious about them, then this is the podcast for you. You will gain great insights from these great conversations. The Cabinet HR Podcast is brought to you by Cabinet HR. At Cabinet HR, we deliver HR to companies with 49 or fewer people by automating the HR process. We believe that you don't need a full-time HR person to receive full-time HR expertise. Hello, and welcome to the Cabinet HR Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cabinet. Our guest today is Corey McCain. Corey, are you ready to be great today? Everything's going great, man. Absolutely. The story of Perfect, the former name of Reese begins in Shaney, Washington. The idea of creating a social personal training app sounded like an easy task at the time. But Corey, the Perfect app founder, discovered just how hard his journey would be. Corey spent years pitching investors, building websites, working with developers, and really just talking with anyone and everyone trying to figure out how you even go about building an app. So, Corey, it sounded like you were having the stereotypical entrepreneur journey right there. Yeah, you know, it didn't... Uh, well, I didn't really know what the entrepreneur journey was before I was on it. So, from my perspective, I thought it was crazy how difficult it was uh, once I got started. So, when I first had the idea, I was like, yeah, we're going to have the idea, launch in two months, make a million bucks. Uh, and it obviously did not go that way. And the more and more... Over the first couple of years, I realized that this is the entrepreneurship journey. I realized how difficult it can be. And then I realized I wasn't alone. I realized there's a lot of people out there that went through the same opportunity or the same, um, the same journey. And, uh, yeah, it was definitely, definitely a struggle, definitely a grind, but, uh, it wouldn't change a pretty thing in the world. And I don't think most people, I think most people start a business. Oh, next month I'll be Mark Zuckerberg or whoever. I mean, you've been working this for four years. You don't realize, you know, it's, it's a journey. You got you to have a lot of patience and focus, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, and a lot of people see, they see the Zuckerbergs and they see the, you know, the Gateses and the Bezos of the world. And they seem to forget that, like, you know, Bezos, when he first started, I mean, he was like, there's a picture of him in like 1998 or something like that. And he's sitting in this small office and they're selling books online. So, I mean, People, people always see the money that you have and they, you know, they assume you just got it really easily or you got lucky and they kind of forget that there's like a whole entire journey and, um, it's a lot of stuff that you have to go through and a lot of stuff you have to lose before you can get to that point. I remember when Zuckerberg first came out of Facebook and he became a, a success. Someone asked him, what does he feel like to be an overnight success? He said, well, if you don't count my six years coding in my dorm room, my basement, yeah, I guess I'm an overnight success. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I was successful. I wasn't successful yesterday. Now I am today. So overnight. <laughs> so, Corey, what exactly is Restrive? What are, you, what are you trying to do with that platform? So basically, um, well, that's kind of a kind of a long answer. So it all kind of started with. Um, well, I mean, it, it, so basically, in high school, I realized that. Uh, I had a lot of personal trainer friends and they had two problems and they still do to this day. So the first problem is that they're working out at the gym, they're training their clients, and then they have about a four minute window in between clients. And what happens is they're constantly at every gym in the world. They're getting approached by random people saying, Hey, how do I lose weight? Hey, how do I do this? 
they have a four minute window. They'll write them some little thing down on a piece of paper. And then that random person will get some pretty crappy advice because it's not like it's you know actually planned out. It's like a quick piece of advice. And then they'll go do their thing and then the trainer gets nothing out of it. So there's really no structured way for trainers to grow their business in the gym besides just randomly approaching people. And the other side of things was that personal trainers just have all these hundreds of fitness programs that they've created for their clients over the years. And then they have literally nothing to do with them. So they kind of just sit in books. They're not sold to anyone and they're forgotten about. So I wanted to combine that with the fact that it's really hard as a person that works out to find the best program for you. And so people are going on Google, people are asking friends. So I wanted to kind of make this marketplace where personal trainers and all their fitness programs can meet exercisers and all of the, um, all the necessity they have to find fitness programs. So that's where we, that's where, that's where the original perfect app came from, uh, years of working on that. And then since then, We've molded it into kind of what more the trainers are looking for with our new uh, SaaS model. And SaaS stands for software as a service. And uh, basically, we're allowing trainers to run their entire private training business now. So instead of just the marketplace, you're able to uh, allow trainers to build their clients. You can track their progress updates. You can manage all of them, see where they're at as far as nutrition goes, see where they're at body weight wise, and pretty much do everything you need to do for your client from your website or mobile app. Corey, on your app, you provide certified uh, trainers. What exactly does that mean? And how does someone prove that that's certified? Yeah, absolutely. So that's actually a really common question I get. So uh, it's funny because for, for me, like it seems so obvious. But I mean, again, I've been doing this for four years. So it's <laughs> I get that question all the time. And by this point, I should realize that like most people aren't familiar with uh, the certifications that go into personal training. So Personal trainers actually have to pass a specific certification in order to be certified. Well, that, that's obvious, but in order to be able to, to train. Uh, so there's various certifications like a- AS or ACE, uh, ACSM, CSCS. And so they're all over the country, all over the world. And so basically we can't, uh, we can't say which, tr- which certification is best, but all we can do from our perspective is only allow certified trainers on the platform. So. Basically, if you haven't been able to pass a test proving that you can, uh, that you're capable of training someone, then you can't sell programs on our platform. And, uh, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool feature we offer, but it's actually been unfortunate to some trainers because there is a lot of trainers out or there are a lot of trainers out there that are some of the best trainers on the planet that just don't have certifications. So we've lost a few of those that way, but for the most part, it makes our platform a little more legit. Cole, you started this in 2015. Why have you not quit? What keeps you going? Um, well, there's a, there's a few factors. Uh, I mean, there's definitely a competitive side to it, um, you know, where it's just like, I just really want to succeed, you know, kind of no matter what happens. There's also a side to it that, you know, uh, I feel like the first ever entrepreneur might have quit pretty early on just because they didn't have anyone around them or anyone um, that had been through what they're going through. So, from my perspective, I've seen literally thousands of entrepreneurs that have been on a four, five, six-year journey. I mean, I've got buddies that uh, are just now making it to the top, and they had, you know, they started in 2010 with their platform. So there's that, and then I've also seen some of our competitors sell for a hell of a lot of money. So um, that's kind of the <laughs> the uh, financial reason for it. Corey, can you talk a little bit about your podcast and how the podcast has happened to build your business? 
Absolutely. Yeah. So, so basically I started the We Strive podcast because, well, for a couple of reasons, the, the, the public reason is, you know, I, obviously I want to, I love hearing stories. I love connecting people. I love, um, you know, sitting down with someone and just hearing how they got to their, to, to where they're at. Uh, for a selfish reason, I, you know, I, I want to know for myself, like how these founders got to where they are. I mean, I want to know, I want to dig deep, like what steps they took, who they connected with. But the what what A, B, and C got them to D, E, and F. So um, that was kind of for that reason. And then also, I knew it would be a great cross promotion for my app. So once we got the app going, it would be a way to uh, kind of cross promote. So get all of our app users engaged even more on the podcast. And then a lot of the podcast listeners, we get an ability for them to be involved in the podcast and then bring them onto our platform eventually. So if I was in your podcast, you asked me the same question. I will probably give the exact same answer word for word, to be honest with you. I, I agree with <laughs> you completely. Yeah, you just 100%. meet so many great people. Just meet so many great people. Yeah, here we are today. Boom. So I really like the on your website, your your team you have on there. I really like that part of your website. I really like it. Can you talk about something about how you built your team? Yeah, and, and I feel like, and again, if you asked me like uh, four years ago how I built my team uh, or how I'm going to build it, I would have just been like, I'm going to put this person, this person, this person. I thought it'd be super easy and it would have been done with. And one thing I realized, like I said before, is that, uh, I mean, every entrepreneur has gone through what I'm about to say is that I really don't know how I built my team. It was just kind of, uh, it was just kind of happenstance. I mean, I had, uh, I mean, I'll kind of go through it for example. So size owners, my, uh, kind of one of my partners, he, um, me and him have been involved since the beginning and he's been kind of helping me around with marketing and all that. Just, uh, you know, back and forth since 2015. Sean Daly is my branding partner. He, him and I met totally randomly in Spokane, Washington. And then a week later, he moved to LA. But before he left, I pitched him my idea. And he's been my business partner ever since. So if I hadn't have pitched him my idea the day he left, then I wouldn't even have my app right now because he's a, uh, he does branding for some big companies. So he's been a huge focal point for the company. And, um, yeah, I would have probably given up without him. And then my development teams over in Ukraine, and that's a really random story because they are the most badass development team of all time. Uh, they're called Startup Soft. So if you want to start, if you want to develop uh, or design or anything for your company, startupsoft.org, hit them up there. I, I swear by them. But I met them because they used to have an accelerator program and an accelerator for tech people is basically a program that brings uh, multiple um, startup companies in and then gives them a small amount of funding and helps them grow and then will reinvest later. So it's kind of like a little school for startups where they put money into you. And I applied to their accelerator and they basically were like, well, we don't have an accelerator anymore. And I was like, okay. And they're like, but we do develop for apps. And I was like, well, I'm definitely looking for developers. So that's kind of how it worked is a random email. And I got with them. Had I not got with them, I probably would have given up on the app too because there's no way I could afford U.S. development prices for how big my platform is. Um, and then a couple of other advisors. Uh, Amir is my current business advisor. He's he's so I can't I can't say like who he's partnered up with before. But he's extremely well connected in every industry. It's incredible. And I met him because I used to drive for Uber. I picked up his friend 
And then that friend brought me out one night and then I met Amir through that friend. So had I not been driving for Uber on that one day, I wouldn't have a business partner and advisor right now that's currently connecting me to tons of different business partners and advisors and helping my, uh, helping my app grow. So that's kind of how that, that team formed. It's crazy how, how those, how those um, dots connect, isn't it? You never know what's going to lead to another thing. Yeah, no, exactly. And, it, and the one thing I always say, and, it, and I need to say this to myself more because I really don't do that much networking of, uh, or like I don't go to a lot of networking events. The one thing I always say to myself is that if you just sit at home, you'll meet no one. And if you go out, you might meet someone. So it's like, just because you go out doesn't mean you're going to meet your business partner. doesn't mean you're going to, you know, meet the coolest person on the planet that's going to just give you a million dollars in your set. But if you do nothing, nothing will happen. So. And you brought up a good point earlier. I don't, I don't think most people realize how hard it is to build a team. Cause first of all, as a startup, you don't have no money to pay anyone. Exactly. And, and like, and like I'll tell people, like I can tell you, I'm going to give you like certain percentage of my company as equity, but that's just like me telling you, Hey, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is yours too. Is it going to happen? Probably not, you know? So people don't realize that. I mean, cause I've been through so many people at Kevin's HR, you know? Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I mean, uh, yeah, equity doesn't mean shit. I mean, honestly, I have so many different co-founders that you know don't do anything, and I love them to death. And and from my perspective, it pisses me off if they don't do anything. But then I have to sit in their shoes and go like, well, you know, they've been a part of this company for multiple years, and they've made zero dollars. So you know, it's it's hard for people who aren't the founders and the visionaries to keep going with a product when they've made no money on it. Cause you know, money makes the world go around and having equity is important. And a lot of them still have smaller amounts of equity, but I mean, if they're not, if there's no financial, uh, you know, monthly financial payout for them, it's so it's really hard for them to get behind someone else's dream, you know? So I totally get both sides of it. Yeah. And then for me, like I have people on my team, but I have full-time jobs or school full-time. So I know it has to be the priority. So I know they can't give as much as I want them to do, but that's, that's reality. No, absolutely. A hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. Corey. So I know you can give me an accurate number on this, but you can give us an estimate of how many people you've talked to about your, about your app. Oh yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Pretty huge number, right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've been doing this for four years. I mean, it started off like it's, it's crazy. Eventually I want to like uh, write a book about it. But I mean, I started off at my college and I was, Telling everyone I knew, I was going to like little events and pitching it. I was, um, we had like the worst. Our apps, our apps, beautiful now. It's it's one of the best apps out there. But I mean, back then it was pretty gross. And I would bring people in. I'd have little forums with my friends saying like, "What designs do you like?" And I mean, I've I probably talked to at least twenty five thousand people about my app, and twelve thousand of those I can verify because I sent out a stupid amount of LinkedIn messages to trainers. I've, I've literally, we have over 345 trainers and we got those trainers before we even had that. So I got, I got a lot, I got left on red a lot on LinkedIn, but um, yeah, I sent out, a, I sent out over, I added over 20,000 trainers on LinkedIn, about 13,000 ish added me back. And I sent out about 12,000 personalized messages to trainers over the years. So yeah, I sometimes wonder how people found jobs or built businesses before LinkedIn came around, to be honest with you. Yeah, because if I didn't have LinkedIn or Instagram, um, that's yeah, what it exists because I wouldn't be able to reach out to trainers. And it would eventually be a word of mouth thing. But um, yeah, I, I, couldn't, I probably couldn't have done it. So I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who don't realize how, much, how many times they got to talk to people. And also, 
how many times they're going to hear the word no. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I hear, I hear no all the time. And what sucks for me is that I, I let that get to me. And that's something that if, you, if you're one of those people that doesn't let no get to you, then you're going to do, go really well or really far in life. Because, I mean, I literally had an investor tell me no two weeks ago. So we were bringing him on board for 15000 at 1%. And he told me no. And I was like, okay. And so I just moved on. And I actually, I did better than I usually do. I was actually really confident. I was like, whatever, I'm just going to move on. Who cares? We'll find another investor. And then literally the next day, he calls me back and says, hey, I actually want to put my money in. And we're signing the contracts today. So, um, But I get, you know, I get told no all the time. And it's from the same people that... A lot of times from people, you know, and from my perspective, I feel like they just can't... Um, you know, they're not creative enough. They don't understand what we're doing. And then I get told yes all the time too. So... It goes back and forth, and you just have to be able to filter through the nose um, and just wait for the yeses. I actually, I interviewed a guy on my podcast a week ago. I mean, he hasn't posted yet or anything, but he was talking about how um, he, when he started modeling, uh, he does not have a model figure. It doesn't look like a model, and he got told no by the top thirty agencies in LA, and then finally the very last one, and he was out of ninety people decided to sign him and that blew up his whole career. So, I mean, if he had, if he had just kept saying, uh, or if he had said, if he had just given up after each one or after the first one, he would have never known. It's same thing with me. It's like, if I had just given up after my first no, I mean, I remember four months into our app, we went to, um, we drove to Seattle and hitched our app idea to this development team. And we were like, I went in there. So just like an idiot. I thought this, Huge development team was going to go with my gross first grader designs. Was going to be like, yeah, we're going to build all this for equity. You don't have to pay us anything. That did not work. I don't even know how I got in the door. To be honest with you, it was it was super embarrassing. And they were like, yeah, we're going to want at least four hundred fifty k. We're not going to take equity. So that was my first big no. And I was pretty much devastated at that point. And I kept going. And I've gotten so many no's since. And um, yeah, you just need to find a way to turn those no's into to positives, whether you're putting whether one thing I've started doing is if someone tells me no, I put them their name down on a list. I don't I don't talk crap or anything, I just put their name down on a list. And then so when I do succeed, I can just look at that list of how many people told me no. Um so you just gotta find a way to put a positive spin on it. Corey, you know what? I'm doing the exact same thing. I got a big ass list of no's. Nice. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Corey, how do you plan on marketing your app? So, I mean, there's obviously the... There's so many typical ways to market the app. And I, uh, my advisors and my um, investors are all, you know, they're all about those ways, you know, putting it on the app store, put it, or uh, marketing on the app store, marketing on Instagram, hiring influencers. I don't really believe in all that crap. I think, uh, I think you could spend a 10th of the money and just be extremely creative and get a hundred times the results. Um, but we, unfortunately, you know, that's not how the world works. So if we do raise VC or angel funding, we will be doing that kind of stuff. You know, that always works out. It always helps. But, um, I believe in creative marketing. I believe in, you know, finding a way to stick out in, in a, a crowded room. I mean, I see a million ads a day about, you know, this fitness company, this t-shirt brand. And so, we're going to find some creative ways to really stick out and you know, whether it's a funny commercial or something just super instructive. But uh, 
the main ways our apps being marketed is, uh, aside from, you know, the typical ways is, uh, through our trainer marketing. So basically the way we've structured our app is trainers post about their own programs on the app. They post about how they're selling programs, how they're working privately with clients. And in turn, they're actually promoting us. So every time a trainer posts on Instagram saying, Hey, follow my program on WeStrive, they're essentially promoting WeStrive for free. So uh, all of our trainers are already doing this with our perfect app. So we have a lot of trainers that even have I'm a certified trainer on the perfect app in their Instagram bio, their LinkedIn bio. So um, trainer marketing is a huge way to do it. Uh, we also have a referral program for trainers. So we're actually going to be paying trainers 10% of what we make every month for every trainer they bring on board. So trainers can get to the point where they're making you know a couple hundred bucks a month just in perpetuity just because they brought their friends on board. So, And uh, the podcast is also a way... And then another creative way we're doing it. Um, so our app has about 1500 plus exercise photos. So whether it's a dumbbell curl, uh, you know, a barbell back squat, whatever, what have you, instead of, well, actually not instead of, we actually have taken those 1500 plus photos and videos at least seven times. We've done them, redone them, done them, redone them. It's the most annoying process, but now we have all the content. What we decided to do is. We're taking all of our exercisers and I'm sorry, not exercise. We're, we're going on Instagram and we're saying, Hey, someone has a barbell back squat photo. And we're, ta- we're asking them if we can use their photo and then we're putting the photo on our app. So basically we're crowdsourcing all of the photos for our app. And what's happening or what's going to happen, what we've already noticed happened in the last version is that the people that we feature in the app get extremely excited about it and they want to post about the app too. So I have people to this day and our app launched a year ago that are still posting hashtagging perfect app saying, Hey, you guys, look at this. This is how cool I'm, I'm featured in an app. So my idea worked extremely well. And uh, we only use that for about 20 or 30 photos. So imagine that now with an even better app, a stronger platform, and now 1500 people that are around the world in any country posting that they're featured on an app. So it's kind of another unique way we're marketing. That's great. Chloe, so let's say there's someone out there today and they're, and they're like, you know what? I'm going to build an app. They've done nothing but say they're going to build an app, have an idea. What would you tell that person? Uh, tell them to figure something else out. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, um, people ask me all the time, like, how do you build an app? And I don't really have like a... I think, I think it's just kind of the cool part about building an app and growing a, a platform like this is like you kind of have to take your own journey. Um, take your own steps. So, I mean, I can't give you, I mean, if I, if I coached you and sat down with you and eventually I would love to have a coaching program, but if I sat down with you and I'd be like, okay, I'll, I'll turn this four year journey into a one year journey. Um, I could do that. But I mean, as far as advice goes, I'd say start putting pen to paper. I mean, even right now, as we speak, like a minute before we even hopped on the call, um, I'm working on our nutrition update. So by this next December, we're going to start developing, um, a nutrition in our app so you can not only work out whenever you want, but you can uh, track all of your, uh, all your daily intake. You can track, um, you can scan foods like similar apps do that. And so basically we're going to become the ultimate fitness and nutrition app. But anyways, I'm currently designing that right now. So I have the idea for it. I know what concepts I want and I'm not talking to anyone about it. I'm just drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing and redrawing. And so my best advice would be to just basically put pen to paper. So, if you want to build a um, an app that can tell you what's in your refrigerator at any time or when it expires, I don't know. 
just start doing research on refrigerators, start doing research on when food expires, start writing down details, start writing down uh, web designs, start writing down, um, you know, start Googling things. I mean, there's so much you can do. I think that people, what they do is they, uh, they have an idea and they want to just go pitch to an angel or a VC and that's how you get embarrassed and that's how you waste people's time because I, I feel like it's not like when I, when I see companies on Shark Tank that have been around for like three months and they're already on Shark Tank, it's just, it kind of pisses me off because that's not how the world works. I mean, you need to actually put time and energy and effort into uh, what you want to create or else uh, you're not going to go very far. So I don't know. This advice is just kind of get started working on it and uh, you'll, you'll notice the pieces kind of uh, come before you. I think that's great advice, Corey. Just, just get started. It's never the perfect time. Just get started and start working on it. Absolutely. Corey, understand you can have something for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, uh, we're launching in July. Well, the website and the platform launches in September. If this episode launches in July, we should have some beta testing available. I'm not 100% positive, but for, for anyone listening that's a trainer, we will more than likely have our WeStrive platform ready to go as far as like beta testing goes. So you'll be able to go to westriveapp.com and then there'll be a trainer section and you can apply to, apply to be a beta tester right there. Um, as far as exercisers go, the perfect app is still on the App Store. Um, so you can always check that out. But we'll be relaunching as WeStrive in September. So be sure to check that one out. And anyone wants to email me, uh, Corey at westriveapp.com. I will send you free programs for days so you can follow any fitness program you want. Corey, um, can you provide us your social media for yourself and your company so people can reach out to you? Like all your platforms? Absolutely. So my personal Instagram is at Corey.mf and our fit, or sorry, our, our, our Instagram for the app is at We Strive app. So just We Strive app, just like the website. Corey, we'll come to the end of our talk. Can you provide us and our listeners any wisdom or advice you want to talk about on any subject? Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. I gave I gave like a little speech about six months ago. I'm trying to think of exactly what I said because it was what I wanted to say. Oh, um, be very smart about how who you bring on your team. So, um, as we speak, I'm currently trying to buy back some of my original investors because I brought them on board for just a couple thousand dollars and gave them a couple percent and. Now that couple percent's worth anywhere from thirty to forty k, and I'm trying to find a way to give them thousands of dollars to pay them back. And in retrospect, instead of getting their thousands of dollars, I could have just worked a little bit harder at my job and paid, put that money in myself. I mean, don't get me wrong; I was already putting in a lot of money, but that extra couple thousand dollars did not mean that much. So, I mean, be really smart about who you bring on board, and this is kind of like a little. A, like uh, maybe too advanced for some people, but make sure you have vesting schedules on who you bring on board. So if someone, if someone invests in your company or wants to be a part of it, don't just give them 2% upfront, give them a vesting equity that allows them to slowly grow equity over time. And if they quit, that equity doesn't keep growing or they lose some of it. So that's the biggest problem that I'm facing right now is that We've already we've actually freed up a lot of cap space recently because we want to do a huge VC angel round soon. But there's so much equity that's just locked in with early investors that had I put them on a vesting schedule, or had I wrote into their contract that at a certain point they're going to start being diluted, 
then I wouldn't even be facing this problem. So um, you don't spend too much money on legal work either early on, but I mean, definitely take your time, do your research and make sure those contracts are more than just like a simple, you get this equity for this percentage because I can speak for myself. Um, I'm currently battling that and my contracts were signed like three years ago. So um, yeah, just make sure you have better contracts. Make sure that the people on your team are dedicated and ready to go because you'll notice it's really lonely as an entrepreneur. Um, I mean, I pretty much, aside from my development team overseas, I pretty much do 99% of the work. Um, I, I mean, I have so many different investors and founders that literally do nothing. I love them to death, but they do nothing. And that's kind of how it goes with the entrepreneurship that I've noticed. So yeah, just get a solid team around you and find a way to keep pushing and um, you know, you're going to make mistakes and just be optimistic. Actually, that's my second point. I know I'm ranting, but be optimistic. If you're not an optimistic person, find a way to be because you're going to have a ton of crap thrown at you. You're going to have a ton of terrible situations happen. And if you can't go, oh, that sucks. I lost $5,000, but I learned my lesson, then you're not going to make it. So I've lost many $5,000 over the years and, uh, you know, just kind of find a way to turn it into a lesson and don't make the mistake again. Yes. So I was in an uh, interview a couple, about a month ago, and I told and one thing as I said it was expect success. Failure is going to come, so don't expect failure. You know, expect success to come to your way. You got to be positive, and it's and honestly, it's kind of hard to be positive all the time as an entrepreneur, isn't it? No, oh, it is. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think I think positiveness brings positive things, and I think thinking negative brings negative things, and it's. It's, uh, I think it's just part of the journey too. Like when I look back at, there were so many times where I wanted to just break down and I didn't and kept pushing. And, um, you know, now that I look back, I realize you know, who it made me. It made me a stronger, smarter person. Like the thousands of dollars I lost in the beginning and tens of thousands of dollars I lost in the beginning were all just lessons. And I learned, well, I shouldn't go with that kind of a developer. And if this guy doesn't know how to do this, I'm not going to bring him in my team. And if this guy isn't ready for this, so you just learn a lot of things over time that, you know, end up being like key character traits as an entrepreneur for the long run. For our listeners, we'll have the Corey social media links in our show notes. And you find the show notes at www.cavernsatetalkblog.com. Also, be sure to subscribe, rate, and view the Cavern State Talk podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Corey, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. And I thank you for all the advice you gave us today. Thanks so much, Jason. I appreciate you having me on board. And to our listeners, thank you for your time as well. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cabinets HR Podcast. Be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, and TikTok at Cabinets HR. Also check out our weekly live streams at the Cabinets HR Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Periscope, where we focus each week on an HR topic important for small business. These are every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and last around three minutes. To join our weekly HR email newsletter list, send us an email to jasoncabinets at cabinetshr.com. Thank you, and remember to be great every day.